Hey everyone, welcome to the Beyond Extent podcast, a podcast dedicated to a chat between two environment artists discussing everything about the industry we work in. I'm Timothy and I'm joined by William, who is a friend and fellow colleague of mine. In this episode, we talk about the big thing that is holding people back of getting from preparing their portfolio to getting to their first job in the industry, and that is applying for one. We break down the different sections of an outdated or previously used application from Ubisoft as an example. This is a really crucial step of finally making the leap of getting into the games industry, so we break down the things you need to keep in mind or can more or less ignore when looking at an application. So this should be a really interesting one for people about to get in the industry itself. So let's dive in. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Beyond the Tent podcast. This is episode 15. Welcome back, Will. Hello. How are you doing, buddy? Doing good. It's the weekend, yay. Oh, yeah. Feeling good about that. Yeah, it's it's a weird one because I I just had like a, a long break, right? I had yeah. um, last week Friday until this week um, Wednesday off. So <laughs> it feels weird, man, just being in the office while working from home two days and then having another weekend again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to complain, though. Yeah, isn't the best. <laughs> yeah, I've got one more week and then I've got nine days off. Two weekends plus the five days. Ooh, oh, woof, damn. Woof. That's going to be good, man. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. Yeah, I um, I played some games. <gasps> <laughs> what yeah it's kind of weird like uh it's it's almost my birthday as well so i got uh ghost of Tsushima. chushima jesus right i, I can't i can't pronounce <laughs> that name <laughs> but um yeah i also we we played a little bit of inside as well like we completed that game i don't know if you heard about that is it the the, the game that's from the same people that did limbo the 2D? yeah no, not 2d but like side scroller thing yeah 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 yeah, yeah. man that's good things an, that's such an awesome game. It looks right. so nice and stylistic. It, it's, it looks and it feels real, but it's made with such simple shapes and simple colors, and it's very, very monotonous in in the way that it's built up. But it it's so effective, like the way that it lights things. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing game. Like it's, uh, it's been a real treat to play that one from uh, from start to finish, and it also doesn't take too long, so. Yeah, that cool. was a that was an awesome game. We forgot to do. Normally, when I when I do that stuff, I get I get all into it and I take a lot of screenshots of it. It's like, oh, this frame, oh, this frame. But nah, yeah. I didn't do that this time. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, there's some games that just make you stop and 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 look around and be like, oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 man. So uh, yeah, I've been. I, I made the big jump as well. I haven't played it yet, but I bought Reddit Redemption. So, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, finally, yeah. like it, it was on sale as well. So I was just like, "Come on, just do it." Such how, a, much, how much was it? Um, what is it like forty-five on the PC? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. It's 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 definitely worth it if you play through the whole game. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's it's it's, it's, it. it's those things like I. I don't really care about finishing a storyline that much. I just know that the open world in that game is so pretty that it's going to be worth its its investment, so to say. 
Yeah, but I, I actually in that's one of the games where I would recommend finishing the story. I mean, it, it obviously if you don't have the time, you don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so good. It's it's like I'm not I'm I really don't care about stories in games usually. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to have like a fun game, but that that it really it ended up making me care about the characters quite a bit. Hmm. Um, of course, you know there's some some things were like uh hmm, all right whatever but like the big picture of it it was pretty cool i felt pretty uh pretty good about it when i finished it i was really impressed mm-hmm. that it like, kind of kept it did like kind of keep me going which oftentimes i'm i'm like uh i don't know uh, okay story whatever this guy <laughs> this guy does this yeah sure who cares yeah yeah, I had the I had the same feeling. Like it's it's still my favorite game ever, like Fallout Four. But right. like just I just can't be bothered with the story, man. It's like, yeah, they took my kid, whatever. I just want to explore this world. Bye. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird when you have something like that too, right? Like in, in The Witcher, when it's like, Oh, I, I need to find this girl, but also I kinda just wanna play cards. You know, I just wanna play Gwent in this fucking pub. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's it's always this weird uh like fake urgency. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, oh, she's still gonna be there. Yeah, you know, it's, she's she's gonna wait for me. It's mm-hmm. gonna be alright. There's she's a couple not going of going anywhere. Yeah, there's a couple of games that that broke that. I can't remember the names of them, but then it's like you do the typical thing of like, nah, he's still gonna be there, and then like the quest line fails because he gets killed, and it's like, oh shit, okay. Yeah, that that, That's that kind of stuff is really cool. <laughs> I remember was it GTA Four when like the people would like react to you if you didn't call them for a while and stuff like that i was so impressed with that oh yeah yeah because you had like a phone and you could do yeah that was crazy Mm -hmm. i remember being so impressed by like oh wait there's like the cars can like be destroyed when you shoot at them and you can see the bullet holes and the parts flying off what (laughs) because like the only gta before i had played was like vice city and there's just you like see sparks but there's no actual bullet holes was, oh really? I don't. I don't, maybe there is, but I, I just remember being so impressed by dynamic bullet holes on yeah. cars, <laughs> like just decals being added onto a plane. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, you I know, get it, man. Things. Like, I I have a trouble thinking back at, at like Vice City, but that's a game that I played over and over and over. Vice City was good. Oh, oh so you could, good. In the end, you had your mansion with the helicopter on oh, the roof. Oh yeah. Ooh, shit, man. <laughs> That was it. Oh, such a good game. Great. But uh, we're not going to go and deep dive into nostalgic games again. Yes, not again. <laughs> not like last week. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was good, but we don't we don't have to do it for every episode. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, there, yeah. there is actually the thing that we wanted to talk about last week as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's... Um, it's about applications for the games industry. Like um, a lot of people in the community right now are looking for their first job into the industry. Right. So I think it would be good to just look at an, an application and just go through all the, um, maybe not the responsibilities, but more like the stuff that people trip over. So like the, the relevant experience that you need to have to get into the industry and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I have... I have like a, an application open here that is that is no longer available. This is like a, I don't know, from like 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is for like a junior environment artist position. 
in uh, for Ubisoft. Um, so let's have a look here. Um, so there, there is like, do we want to go to through the responsibilities? Um, I guess we can go just kind of go go through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, can you just send me the link again or like uh, the picture? Oh yeah, sure. Man. All right, there we go. So um, the first, the first is always, or in most cases, is just like a an introduction to the company, right? But we don't have yeah. to really go through that. It can be any any company that you're looking for. Um, the job purpose, deliver with support basic artistic content for the project and ensure that the integration of the work is in line with the project's technical constraints and artistic direction. I mean, that that shouldn't really be a surprise at this point, like even if you're new to the industry. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe if you're all the way in the beginnings and you're looking you're looking what kind of job you want to do, maybe that's that's like a good uh, a good explanation for what you will be doing. In, uh, in yeah, it gives so. you like an overview of what you're like. Yeah, okay, I guess I'm gonna have to make content, and I'm also gonna have to work in some kind of engine to to integrate it, right? Like, there's I'm gonna be taking part in the whole process. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it, it can give you like a pretty good view of that. Yeah, and I I think that the biggest thing here is um, integration of the work within technical constraints of the project. I think a lot of people don't really think about that because, I mean, if you're just working on personal work, you don't have to really think about the personal, uh, the the technical restrictions that much. Yeah. Um, unless unless you're doing something really crazy, but if you're just making a, a standard environment, you don't really have to think about the the technical restrictions too much. But uh, yeah, it's still it's still important to keep in mind because that's going to be a big a big part of the industry. Yeah. Um, okay. Especially working with different softwares that you might not know, and they have like specific ways of doing things that you will have to get used to. Mm -hmm. All that stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, especially in a in a place like Ubisoft, if we're reading this example anyway, like you're you're probably gonna have um, technical artists to support you in that. So it's not gonna be um, one hundred percent your role to do like all the profiling and go. Go look at the map and see if it's running smooth. Um, you, m in most cases, you have dedicated technical artists that do that job for you, yeah. and they just come back with like flames going out of the back of their head and be like, "Hey, you need to clean this up. This is way too intense." <laughs> 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 All right, so let's go to the responsibilities then. Um, with guidance, assist in planning out a space with consideration of narrative and visual storytelling while documenting intentions. Oh, that's an interesting one. It feels intentions, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that feels they, really that specific. Yeah. Huh. Cool. I mean Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna say it. Like that's that's not something that I do on a day to day basis. <laughs> documenting intentions. I mean I guess you maybe we do it. I mean, documenting, but because because usually you, I would say that you don't have to document your intentions because other people have the intentions and they give it to you, mm -hmm. and so that it's it's documented that way, and you, you know what I mean? Like because you're working with narrative and visual storytelling people, sometimes if you have like specific roles for that, mm -hmm. so then they will tell you what they have in mind, their intentions, 
and you will kind of include them in what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess maybe maybe it's not documenting in like a, a document per se, but yeah. like thinking about the steps that you're gonna do and like talking about them with your uh, direct manager or like a senior uh, artist or like the lead artist. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that makes sense because, uh, yeah, that's definitely a thing that you're gonna need to do. It's just talking to like the the people around you, get some feedback, and like if if something isn't working, like go yeah. like exactly here, like go through your intentions and like look, this is what I want to achieve, but like is it is it achieving it? Um, by the way, you know what I just realized? Mm -hmm. I applied for this job. Oh, did you? Yes. Yeah, I I remember applying for this, uh, and then because this because this it it ended in November twenty seventeen, uh -huh. and I I applied for it, and uh, then in December twenty seventeen, I heard back from from uh, the other company I applied from I applied oh. to Elite Three D, and I and I and I moved there in in January twenty eighteen. <laughs> Mm -hmm. that's that's crazy that's so funny. <laughs> did you ever hear back from this particular job um i think just like a um like like, like an automated an automated thing. email yeah but yeah. like a like a yeah thanks for applying that stuff. yeah yeah well that, that that's a that's a really good thing to dive into too like when, when we're on this topic anyway like the just you you can't really expect like a lot of companies to send you things back even oh, yeah even even if um, a lot of people try to do that because it's like a show of respect, right? Like you took your time to go through the application. Um, I I kind of would love that uh, the hiring managers or whoever is responsible for the, the job description or like the application itself at least send something back. But I mean, we're talking about Ubisoft here, so they probably have like thousands and thousands of people applying. So then, that's like, the thing, right? Especially with big companies, you unfortunately you can't expect to get an answer mm -hmm. every time. Yeah, exactly, and it it can be demotivating. I I see that within the community right now. Like if you're if you're doing like applications on like a week to week basis, mm. and then you're getting rejected, or like you don't hear Not anything even. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't even get rejected. It can definitely be frustrating. I would feel like yeah. I I was very lucky. I only. Like when I got my first job, I had only sent out like three applications mm -hmm. to like the the places that I really wanted to work in, mm -hmm. and uh, and yeah, and one of them worked out. But then there's there's people that aren't that lucky, or uh, you know maybe they're not in the right. They 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 don't have as much to show yet, um, so they'll just apply to thirty places and get like three answers. That's mm -hmm. that's got to be frustrating. But it's it's you just have to know that it's not nothing's ever personal. Like that's a good I think that's I feel like it's a good motto to go through life with anyway, but especially about stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Nothing's personal. They they're not like they're not like oh yeah, this guy uh I don't like his application. I'm not going to answer him at all. It's just this the the hiring manager, the recruiter whoever it is, they're looking at literally hundreds of applications a day yeah and they just have a couple minutes and if there's nothing special enough about you then you might not make the cut that's the thing right? yeah and of it's, course if it's about a junior you know there's less of a 
less of a threshold. Mm-hmm. But but still, it's just it's that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, there's there's so many so many things at play. Like it's it's not only your work that you present to them, but it's also like the the timing of their project. Like maybe they're not currently looking for like juniors, um, but it it can also be that that they know that they're they're going to be looking in a couple of months, and then they save your portfolio without sending anything back. That could be could be a thing too. Yeah. And they're like after after like a couple of months, you hear back and say like, "Hey, um, we know that you did this application like a couple of months ago. Uh, sorry for not replying, but hey, we got an open position right now." Yeah. Um, yeah. There there are so many factors. Like it could be from 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 what I've seen, like it could be one artist that says like, "Oh, this looks interesting," and then they bring it up to their lead, and then the lead is like paying extra attention to to what. Like the artist has to say about their portfolio, and it's like, hmm, okay, maybe we should give it a shot. Like it could be as simple as that. Yeah, it, it, that's. I think that's a really important thing to understand about this whole process. It's it's not a straight line. Mm-hmm. There is there is definitely you know like the ideal way that it would go, but like I said when I think I told the story right how I how I started at Ubisoft, it was like. A year before I even applied, I was just talking to a producer, and then he was like, "Oh, you, you your parents live in Berlin. Why, why don't you, you know, visit the studio when you're in Berlin for the next time?" Mm-hmm. So it just, and then it, and then after that, like I visited, and then like half a year later, I actually saw a job, and then it was like more of this classic application process. But it's like that's why if you if you have the opportunities for something like that, like speaking to to someone at a company that you want to work with, even though they might not be looking for someone, just like getting your foot in the door, obviously not not in like an annoying, uh, like bothering them way, mm-hmm. but like being like, hey, I really like to work uh, at your company. Uh, do you have any open open like areas for this? Do you think you need this kind of this kind of person in your in your team? And if not, you know, maybe you can let me know if you do. And then if you have something about you that that makes you stand out at least a little bit then they might they might reconsider uh they might consider you in a couple months or yep. a year yeah exactly yeah it's it's also so important to just try just keep yeah. trying like even even if you see um there's i was going through some applications recently and it's like you have uh openings for senior and then junior and maybe they don't have a junior at that point but then they have like an open application yeah just give it a shot give the open yeah. application a shot if they don't have the specific thing that you're looking for and maybe maybe they're they're looking for it in like a week like you said like maybe maybe something uh is opening up at the moment but they don't have the application ready just yet yeah oh yeah i mean i, I also said that ray i i applied for a different role than i actually ended up getting Oh yeah, because, true. Yeah. Because the studio was like, "Oh, we actually found someone else for this, but we really think that you would fit there." Like, if, like, they could have just been like, "Oh, we found someone else," right? Mm-hmm. But because there was something about my portfolio that they liked, they were like, "Oh, we do have someone else to fill this role, but I think we might like this guy enough to move him over and get him and try and get him into this thing." Mm-hmm. And. Um, and yeah, so that's it's it's just that's why your portfolio is like literally your, it's your treasure. You should treasure it. You should uh, you should nourish it. Yep. It's uh, 
Yeah, 100% agree, artists, man. It's the most important thing. And I think that's what we're going to end up saying a lot today because when we keep going through this and all your qualifications that you need to have, I think a lot of it can be uh, can be trumped with a, with an amazing portfolio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for cool. sure. All right. So uh, let's go through it. Hmm? You want to keep going through it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Cool. Um, so create functional assets which can be shared across a project in respect to the technical and artistic constraints. That's fairly self-explanatory. Um, yep. Track and update the process of day-to-day tasks using designated tracking tools. Yep. Okay. That's, that's, that's I think that's it's it's just it's just trying to I think people that like come from uni that may have not worked with I don't know Jira or mm-hmm. what, what what is it Handsoft Shotgun yep. all the all the software that there is. It's it's uh, basically a very advanced form of Trello. Because yeah, I, I think a lot of people of know Trello or or any other software. It's just like yeah, just the advanced form of that, which is um it's it's usually integrated within the workflow so that when uh when when somebody assigns like a Jira to you, you get an email and then uh it becomes it, it becomes part of your day to day task basically. Yeah. Uh cool. So communicate and collaborate with key stakeholders to confirm task direction and consistency of own work. Yep, that's just like uh, asking for feedback and all that stuff. Yeah, and learning to communicate with the rest of the team. Right? Yeah, yeah, which which is an important one, especially in the beginning. Like uh, we we talked about this in like a previous podcast episode. I can't remember which one specifically. Yeah. Um, I think it might have been five or six. Um, but yeah, it's basically asking questions and like being really open about your process like don't don't stumble through the dark by your own like you have people you have like a support network that's that's literally what like a, a studio is to you especially in the beginning yeah like when the, you're a junior everyone wants to wants to help you yeah exactly exactly so make use of that um let's have a look Ensure the technical and artistic quality of the project by collaborating with technical artists and senior artists. Yeah, that's kind of the same what was already discussed before, I feel. Um, implement and incorporate feedback from the art director and leads into work. Yeah, that's just like when there's probably like bigger meetings where they go over the entire body of work and then just give like um, bigger art direction feedback. Yeah. Um, assist with optimization and debugging to fix the issues raised by the testers. So this is where QA comes in, and they they're probably the most likely to assign you um, Jira's and bugs for uh, the smaller the smaller tasks. Right. Um, um, I also just mm-hmm. want to say, if I was reading this application, I guess which I was two years ago, uh, three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would already see a pattern in this, right? Because all of the last five points have been about collaboration. Yeah. All of it is, okay, you need to talk to technical artists. You need to talk to lead and uh, art directors. You need to talk to testers. You know, all of this, you can already tell, hey, I should probably, if I want to, like, I should probably give an example in my, or maybe, yeah, I don't know if an example, but you should definitely, if you're that kind of person, you should say, hey, I'm a very communicative person. I was doing this and this and this in your application, so that you can maybe uh, show, like you can you can use that focus in their uh, job offer. I don't mm-hmm. know, what is it? not job offer, job opening, as like a way to find 
find out what they really want. And in this case, it seems like they really want someone that can communicate. Yeah. So yeah. if you have your application and uh, of course you shouldn't lie and say, oh, I'm so communicative. But you should <laughs> say, if, if you are, then you should try and uh, put like a emphasis on that and, and mm -hmm. show how in which ways you are. That's what that's what I would say about this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's also like thinking back, I think um, when I went through it the first time, um, there were like a lot of student projects that we did that were really focused on teamwork, but they weren't good enough to put on my portfolio. But I still mentioned them when when I would speak to um, to people doing the application, right? Same, so it's like, exact same. Yeah, so it's like, oh yeah, but we, we did do like student projects. And like uh, the reason why they're not on my portfolio is just because I don't want to, I don't really want to show them off because I don't feel like they represent like the, the quality that I can hit in my other work. But still, like it shows that you can work with a team and that you made like a, a finished, or like you, you got like a finished project out of it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's exactly what I did because I, I feel the same way about it. It's take take the parts that you want to show, <laughs> you know, and remove the parts that you're not you don't mm -hmm. feel that good about. It's the same as with the portfolio. I know we're not talking strictly about portfolio here. It's more about all the other stuff around it. Yeah, yeah. But it's it, it applies to both. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm I'm a very uh, like I still have stuff from three years ago that I used to apply for this job and my first job as well on my portfolio. Mm -hmm. Because first of all, because now I'm you know I'm in. I don't want to. It's not like something I did five years ago and I still had it in my portfolio when I was applying. Mm -hmm. I, before I before I had my first job, I definitely removed a lot of stuff from my portfolio that I didn't feel good about. Yeah. But now like at some at some point when you when you're in the industry you'll also you'll just get job offers if it's you know either it's it's an official thing or it's just a, a friend that asks you hey we have some we have this we have this space open at our studio you know do you want to come uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you'd so, be surprised how that stuff works it's yeah it's crazy uh, so so then what i'm saying is then your portfolio doesn't have to be maybe as uh strictly for applying somewhere because you don't really need to do that as much anymore so i feel i feel comfortable having stuff in there that's like three years old because i'm still kind of you know i i remember it very fondly this was like the first big thing on that i had that people actually liked on art station right mm -hmm. so um so but but i i yeah i think that especially when you're when you're still in that process where you feel like you haven't had a job yet. You just want to get a job. You just want to get in. I think then you should really think about cleaning up not even not only your portfolio, but also the rest of the application and really focusing it on the stuff that you feel most confident about and like the maybe the most recent stuff you've done. If it's like the stuff that you're that you think represents what you can do the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Always show uh, show your best side, man. Um, exactly. So. Coming back to the list, um, reference game design documents to develop an understanding of the environment, objectives, atmosphere, story, and style of the project. Um, I mean, this is, it's like you said, like this is outlining just working together with, with different um, silos or like, uh, what do you call it? Different, uh, uh, different departments. Yeah, different departments, that's the word. Um, yeah, develop an understanding of project tools and their functions. Yeah, that's that's self-explanatory. Developing an understanding of best practices, production pipelines, and workflows. 
that's that's something that again the portfolio is really going to show off um and then support the lead environment artist in any ad hoc tasks and duties yeah yeah so again if i'm looking at this Mm -hmm. i think this is a great uh, um a great example of a job opening for a junior yeah because you can tell that they focused because probably somebody who will apply as a junior they will have they will either have been at uni or they will have been working at home uh working on like maybe maybe they had done some uh some freelance stuff maybe not just like on their portfolio right mm-hmm. so they probably know what they're doing 3d wise yeah so what they're trying to do with this job opening is they want to they want to show that that's not all you need cuz there's like only two little points or maybe only one that is actually about production pipelines workflows and the actual thing that you're going to do yeah, all yeah. of the rest is about how to work effectively inside a studio mm-hmm. i would say because that's what you don't learn you you might learn it at uni a little bit if you have these group projects but you're not going to learn it when you're working at home uh, yeah, on your yeah. portfolio so i think that's a really uh that's really interesting to see that how they really lay into that part of the application and even the the one point that's about pr- um best practices production pipelines and workflows it just says develop an understanding. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you already have to be the best because then you wouldn't be a junior. It's yeah. about, you know, you're still in a development process. And that's, that's exactly. really, I think, uh, important to take note when you look at these kind of... Uh, mm-hmm. And it's also things. like, um, there's going to be a lot of tools that are going to be specific to the studio too. Like not every not every company is going to use like Unreal Engine or Unity. Like most of them, like especially the bigger ones, still have their own in-house engines, which work. Um, I wouldn't say completely different, but they have they have their own little quirks. Yeah, um, and yeah, let's let's go into the qualifications now because, like, they they start out with just the one point, like good interpersonal and communication skills, just to drive all the previous things home. And saying like, yeah. look, we're looking for someone with like a good team fit. Like the the skills that we want you to learn, like we can, that's that's the easy part basically. But if you're like a good yeah. team fit, like that helps so much. That's, yeah, that's why I think it's, um, it's, again, it's so important to focus on that in your application as well. Because like, yeah, there's plenty of people around that can show you how to model quicker and how mm-hmm. to texture more realistically or whatever you want to do. But if you're an asshole, you know, they're not, they're probably not going to be able to fix that. You have to be, a per- yeah. you have to be a person that's nice to work with that can handle, you know, situations well and just communicate. And it's, 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 it's not just, you know, like hold stuff back and is like in their little corner and never talks to anyone and just, that's, nope. yeah, they're probably not going to be able to change that part about you. Yeah. Just, just leave your ego at the door, please. Like yeah. we we have enough issues in the industry already with that, so just leave it at the door. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Um, so let's continue on. Um, the ability to create detailed, uh, interesting, detailed, and visually appealing environments. I mean, most of the stuff that we're going to read here is just already shown or discussed in your portfolio. Yeah. Like the the ability to adapt to new processes and pipelines. That's a really important one because the the industry is changing every couple of years yeah um working knowledge of industry leading 3d modeling packages and techniques understanding of composition and visual storytelling 
knowledge of level editors. See, like the they're trying to stay away from like um, naming specific tools. Yeah, they're very just know stuff in general, and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Understanding of physically based rendering systems. That's PBR. Um, familiarity with data management software is desirable. That is important. The desirable part. Like if yeah. if you don't have it, it's fine. If you do have a little bit of understanding, just mention it, and it's it's not such a big deal, but it can give you like a one up compared to other people. Yeah, it's just it's just some stuff that you'll have to learn eventually. And mm-hmm. if you already like if you when you work at home and you've just like you know what Perforce is, or you know what I mean, like you know what some kind of what is it GitHub. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, SVN. If you've worked with one of them, or at least you know how they work, and then mention that because that's something that I think a lot of people don't use in their in their personal work. Because I also don't. I don't know why I would. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you at least know the basics of okay, this is how we work collaboratively. This is the way that people can work on the same project on the same level at the same time yeah and you can kind of show that you have that kind of knowledge it, it really it makes it yeah there, it's like it 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 sets the it sets a specific bar you know it's like okay at least this guy knows the basics so we won't have to like teach him all the way from the bottom up mm-hmm. yeah it's also just showing showing that you um, are interested yeah, you're interested in different facets of um, environment art or like just game game creation in general. Yeah. Because um, I would I would echo the the, the point that you made. It's like um, for most of the stuff I I would never use Perforce because like I have like uh, own backups and all that stuff. But it's it's such an easy process. Like uh, the the first time you're gonna go through the process in general, it's just gonna be. It's just going to be a couple of clicks and then you can commit. You just have to do like some, some validation checks and just make sure that the, the stuff that you're checking in isn't going to break anything for yeah. someone else. That's a big point. But um, I would say for environment artists, this is not a big concern because we work on the visual part of things. Like we don't actually edit any of the code in most cases. Yeah, the game the game's not gonna crash. You might have a floating rock, but the game's not gonna crash. <laughs> yeah. I've seen many of floating rocks in my time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's go back to the list. Um So where were we? Basic gameplay and level design knowledge is desirable. So this is this is already like again, thinking outside of the box. Like having some level design knowledge is really gonna help you, especially in well, we're looking at a Ubisoft application, right? So you know that the possibility is there that you're going to be working on an open world game. Like right. it's it's highly likely that you're going to be doing that. So um, yeah, that's why they they added the level design knowledge so that it makes you um, it just helps you in your communication with like the level designers around you that you're going to be working with really closely. Um, also, I think I just want to say because, like I said, I applied for this, and mm-hmm. I think I. I know who ended up getting this job, um, and I'm pretty sure they ended up working on the Division Two. So just oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah, which makes a lot of sense because there a lot of the set dressing is very um, purposeful. 
mm-hmm. right with the level design because it's it's a cover shooter it's that's very important true. Yeah. that you have to think about all of this yeah yeah that's, uh, that's yeah, a really I've good point this. i've never thought about it it's interesting to look at an application like this like with the hindsight of knowing oh they're looking for this mm-hmm. they, they want to make this game yeah well, because that's the thing right like you look at this application and it's almost never gonna say which game you're gonna be working on yeah so you're always going in somewhat blindly um but then yeah like with the with the power of hindsight it's it's really cool looking at this because uh i think i think uh newcastle was responsible for like a big chunk of that game i think oh yeah 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 um okay so knowledge of optimization techniques this is fairly standard like uh yeah you don't want to be you don't want to be pushing your vfx ready stuff inside of a game engine because that's not going to work um knowledge of the games industry video games industry and awareness of typical video game development processes is desirable uh yeah this is this is sort of a weird point um if you have no knowledge of the video games industry then why are you applying for it (laughs) yeah and just knowing like what it takes to make a game right Mm-hmm. Like okay, there is there is programmers and there is artists and there is designers and all of them work together and they make something. Yeah, it's yeah, obviously yeah. not just those, but you know, um, yeah, I think and and but even then they're just saying it's desirable, you know, just kind of know what 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 the end product should be, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and how well, and kind of know how to get there and you'll be all right. I think I think I've worked with a couple of people who never played a game. Like, really, never. But but I would say like if you're going into the games industry, like that is that is gonna be like a I don't know zero point one percent that you're gonna encounter those people. Yeah, I uh, asked them, "What are you doing? <laughs> why, why are you, you here? Why, why 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 don't you go somewhere else and make more money if you don't like video games?" <laughs> it's so true though. Why don't you just like do commercials or something and make heaps of money? Yeah, yeah, go work for a bank. um so now now we get into the interesting part right like this is relevant experience and this is where i see a lot of people just tripping up right um because this 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 one is actually very uh forgiving yeah this is very uh generous i was about to say the same thing because this this only mentions like up to one years of experience in an internship or placement year in a professional game studio environment or other relevant experience so this is usually the part where a lot of people trip up they see they see like oh like even in this case like if you have zero experience and your self-thought like this is going to be the the thing that people look at and be like oh well i shouldn't apply then like it doesn't matter because they're just going to look at this one year and they're going to just immediately scrap my portfolio. Yeah. Um, but especially with the next point, which is uh bachelor's degree mm. in graphic design art or other relevant training. Yeah. So already they're hedging, right? It doesn't have to be a bachelor. It just has to be some kind of relevant training. Yeah. But obviously if you have a bachelor's degree, it's uh, easiest to prove right yeah yeah yeah. like it's it's hard to prove other relevant training but um i guess should we should we let the cat out of the bag go for all of this (laughs) hey hey 
you don't have to do all of this. You don't have to have all of it. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? If it says you need two years of experience, you don't. Not necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're talking about a junior. Of course, as a senior, you can't you, like you can't apply as a senior with no experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but if it says junior two years of experience or or like one ship triple a title or something like that oh that's, yeah that's that's another big one that's that's not even in this one yeah it's yeah that's that's it's a guideline yeah it's if you can show that you have the amount of experience or the amount of skill that someone would have that has already been in the industry for two years if you can be if you can stand out enough and be like hey look at me i might not have this experience but i'm just amazing at modeling stuff i'm just the best sculptor you've ever seen then you can you can often like go around this i so i would i would look at this kind of thing as a checklist i would look at this whole application as a checklist mm -hmm. and then be like okay this is green i have this i have this i don't have this this is red i have this, this is green and if it's like around 85 percent green I'd, I'd say give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, that, that is such a big a big tripping point for, for a lot of people. I would, yeah. I would say the same thing. You have to be really honest with yourself and go through this list and say like... Yes. Okay. Um, like like the, the per four stuff and all that. It's like, um, do I have familiarity with it? No. Okay, just crash that off the list. But like those those points aren't really that relevant but like say say looking at the the bigger things it's like the um maybe your ability to adapt to new processes and pipelines you're not good at it like mm. you just have to be really honest about that and be like look maybe it's something that i can improve on but you don't have to be that stereotypical person that says like oh yeah i'm good at adapting and then yeah. once they ask you, like you're like, oh, but do I need to? Like, oh no, it becomes really hesitant, because then then you're gonna shoot yourself in the foot on the job itself. Yeah, like you said, I think it's so important to be honest with yourself because mm -hmm. otherwise you're you're just gonna make it harder. Yeah. Because <laughs> then because then you'll do this the the checklist that I was just talking about, and you put everything to green, and then you apply for everything, and then you realize that you you're not actually ready for any of those jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel I I made a note of that specifically because I feel like a lot of people they get overconfident with their portfolio. And or the other way around. But usually yeah, it's it's yeah. overconfident, yeah. Well, I wonder. I in my case I've seen more people that are not confident enough about their portfolio. But that is that is way easier to fix than um, a person that is overconfident because like yeah. say say you have a person that that doesn't really have a good portfolio at the moment but like he or she is applying on every job and they keep being demotivated all the time you just yeah. there has to be a point where you just have to say like look i think you need to take a step back and i think you need to really improve the work that you're doing because i don't think you're ready for the industry yet but yeah, then but then i always think um who am I to say? Like, there might be there might be like another company out there that's looking for maybe exactly that style that he or she is making, or like 
maybe they're they're looking to to take on like a, a really inexperienced person and like taking through like all the ropes specifically for their kind of style that they want to do i don't know true yeah it's that, that that it's true i i think so what i think really helped me was realizing that so i i was at my uni and i was always like i i I don't want to sound braggy or anything. Oh god, there like, we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so but it was like, you know, I was I was helping people that were like in a in a higher semester than me with like substance because I had already been like I was like the substance guy because I was I got into it really quickly and I was like I love this. This is really cool. This is yeah, the best. Yeah, yeah. So I I really got into it and then people started noticing. And yeah, people I think there's always like a couple people per year in a class that that other people are oh yeah this guy is like he's really good uh he can do this he can do that whatever mm -hmm. he's like the guy that everyone looks up to at the or not look yeah but like everyone is respects for their artistic talent uh, there's definitely a couple of guys like that at my uni as well mm -hmm. but then at some point i realized i'm not good enough until i'm i I'm good enough to get a job. You know what I mean? Like getting all this praise from from people at my uni is nice. Yeah. But it, it's not enough until it's enough to convince somebody that I'm ready to get a job. Yeah, there you know there, there I mean? is some there is some bias involved as well. Like uh I I always think about the example that um you show off your drawings to your mom. Yeah. <laughs> like she Right. Well, if if she's like a stereotypical mom, she's not gonna say like, "Oh, you suck. Try again." She's gonna right. be like, "Oh, that's really nice. Like, it's really nice that you, that you draw that in that way." And that's it. Like, it's encouragement. <laughs> because that's the worst. That's the worst. Uh, like uh, <laughs> thing I ever heard. The worst uh, compliment I ever heard. Oh, that's nice that you draw that in that way. <laughs> yeah, I see. I'm I'm not cut out to be a good mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you get what I mean, right? Like you're yeah, 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 you're going yeah. to your family, and then you're always gonna get like um, uh, compliments or like encouragement to do yeah to 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 keep on doing it. Like yeah. whereas, yeah, it, it can cloud your your vision of the way you see your stuff for yourself. Exactly, because then it can it can mean that you are like you think, oh, I'm at the top of my class. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I'm. I, I'm already done. You know, yeah. I don't need to learn any of this. And it can get you in this headspace of being so confident that you then aren't as l likely to be open to change and be open to learn new things, mm -hmm. which I think is really dangerous. I, I think you never want to be so confident that you feel like, I know what I'm doing. I don't need to learn this. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think that's a really dangerous place to be. Yeah, exactly. And it's also like say say you go through uni like three or four years and you you come out of uni and be like damn i'm i'm probably the best of my class right and then you go into the job market and you can't find a job like how how, yeah. how how big of an impact is that gonna have on your um what you call it ego or like mental state or whatever yeah like it's, it's gonna that's... it's gonna shake you man yeah that that happened to a lot of uh, people from my uni, I would say that mm -hmm. they they were like they were the top of their class, and then they they went out into the real world, and they just realized that that in this ecosystem, it's not enough. Yeah, it's super competitive, right? 
It's because there's so there's always someone better than you. There's always some guy that has just been doing it for half a year and he's already three times better than you. Yeah. But you'll also have to realize that that's part of how it works. So, mm-hmm. um, th- that's why you should. I don't know. You should. You shouldn't be depressed by that. I feel like. Yeah. You should be. You should take that and be like, wow, if this guy can do it. And I already have all this knowledge, so it should be really easy for me to get there. And you also shouldn't be demotivated if it, if it, then it doesn't work out instantly for you and you do take a little time. But just like stay, you know, do your thing. Don't think about the other people. Just think about what level you want to reach mm-hmm. and how you want to get there. And then, and that's what I did. I was like, okay, I want to be good and I want to have, I want to look at an application and be confident that I can do all the things that they want off from me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it works in both ways as well. Like, um, if you're... Um, how should I explain this? Like, it's... First of all, again, you, you just have to be really honest to, to yourself. But it, it, it can work in a way where you're looking at ArtStation, for example. Mm. And... Um, you you look at the students that are getting jobs right now. You're only looking at the best of the best, probably. Yeah. Um, let me let me send you a link. I'll um I'll post it in the show notes as well. Like it's a serene temple by Yinuo Chen. She's like a student, but if you look at that work, like that is. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what to say. Like that is that is such a high bar being set by students these days i mean uh there's a student or an intern now that we work with yeah uh stein yep who his little like italy little village whatever whatever i don't know what the name is but that little little alleyway Mm -hmm. oh my god yeah that was nice right Uh, oh my god well the the thing is like i want to i want to be really open about this and um I was I was responsible for like I think I was a part a part of that like the whole recruitment process and oh. it's like we I uh I think I found it or uh someone else found it and just posted it in like a channel and everyone was like oh damn yep we need to get this guy on like, we we didn't even look at the other stuff that he had on his portfolio that was like yeah this is this is nice like we yeah. we need to at least have a chat with him Exactly, and I mean it can it can happen in a flash. Like it's just like, um, yeah, just looking at that work and being like, "Damn, that's impressive." Okay, let's talk to this guy. It's, yeah, that scene is so good. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah, and that's well, the thing. That's, Sometimes it, that's all it takes. Yeah, it's just one good. Like you just need to keep doing, keep doing. Maybe you, the stuff you do is like, okay, it's pretty good. This and that, mm-hmm. but then you you put all the stuff you learn and all of your other projects together and you put it into one really good project like this one. Yeah. And then you'll be able to find a job just with that because you can show, like usually you would have different portfolio pieces to show, oh, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. But if you can just show everything you can do in one scene, that's going to that's gonna be very impressive for everyone who looks at it and tries to, and might be thinking about hiring you mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure and um in in the case of stan specifically like um he's currently 
a junior at our company. So he did like an internship for a couple of months and then we offered him like a, a junior contract. Um, but it would be interesting to talk to him because he he did go to like a university. But then yeah. I think at some point he realized that he wasn't getting like where he wanted to be because that scene that he made was made with like a mentorship from, yeah. um, I don't know, was it Brian... Uh, Ryan Benno, or was it um, the Mentorship Coalition? I think it was the Mentorship Coalition. Uh, mentorship of Christopher Ransby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the sa same, actually, funny, I didn't even know that part. Yeah, it was the same for me, right? Uh, I, I, I I had my uni, I was, I was not satisfied with it, and then I did a mentorship, and I was like, this is a thousand times better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... <sighs> It's it's really interesting when you get to that point and be like, you, again, just being really brutally honest with yourself and being like, look, this university, like, it's not cutting it for me. No. And just no. be like, okay, I need to look for another option. Like, there, there's some people in the community that didn't go to university and it just paid for, like, CGMA courses and all that. And now they're creating killer work. That's when, I, when people ask me now how to get into industry. That's what I tell them. Do mm -hmm. mentorships. Don't spend the money on university. Spend the money on some software and uh, some some mentorships. Mm -hmm. And just like first get the basics right, then do like three mentorships, and then you'd have three portfolio pieces. Or maybe if you don't like the first one, then you have two still. Yeah. And then you yeah. then you can do one without a mentorship, and you'll have some amazing stuff that you can put in your portfolio. Yeah. And you're gonna impress a lot of people. I would say that that is the important part. Get the basics right. Like, you need to yeah. go through, like, I don't know, six months. It depends on how quick you work, right? But, but I'm just going to throw some some random number out there. Like, six months to a year, struggling with, like, the complete pipeline, getting to grips with all the software that you need, and then jumping into a mentorship that can really allow you to make, like, the, the, the most use of what you, um, what you did before. Because if you're just starting out and you're just going to go straight into a mentorship, that's not going to work yeah like yeah, because there, there's so many especially in 3d like there's so many skills that you need to learn so many programs that that intertwine with each other mm -hmm. that it's that it's really yeah it's a lot to get to grips to definitely but yeah man i i mean i'm i'm obviously biased like i'm doing mentorships at the moment but like why why would you go to a school get drowned out by 29 other people in your class or whatever how many there are when you can just pay less amount of money, get one-on-one -on -one training for like, um, like an hour a week, and then just really focus on the thing you want to do. Also, in my case, the, and I think it's it's that way for a lot of people. It's not just that you're getting more like personalized training. It's also that the training is a thousand times better mm -hmm. because the people at my university that taught me. They they didn't they weren't maybe in they were in the industry but maybe not at the kind of companies that I would have liked to work in yeah and yeah, they yeah. couldn't show me the stuff that I wanted to work in and I, I did a mentorship with uh, with someone that also worked at Ubisoft so it was like oh uh, they know exactly the kind of stuff that I want to work on they can teach me how to do this hmm. and it's it's yeah that's why also maybe your university is better than mine was. But in general, I would I would 
advised to just do mentorships. Yeah. Like, what was it for me? 200 euros for a month where I would do, have like a call a week plus I could just uh, write to him every, every like, like pretty much any time and be like, hey, I'm thinking about like making this. How how would mm -hmm. you take do it would you do this and then he would be like oh you could do it with a decal you could do it with a vertex paint you could do a unique texture but then this is the pros and cons of each of those ways to do it so you know all that yeah 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 man like this is this is like the the golden age of opportunity when it comes to just teaching yourself stuff yeah it, it can be a little daunting like knowing what to pick but because I think I think it's also like in in the pricing of things, right? Like I w I went to university, and um, my parents pay for it, but it was like a thousand a month, uh, a thousand a thousand a year. So what? That's so cheap. Yeah, yeah, it's super cheap, and it's like it's like a really competitive school as well. Like right. the the stuff that's coming out of this school, like the 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 thing that I just showed you, is from a student at that school right so like they're they're churning out like the i would say overall the best students that i've seen or whenever I'm, I'm clicking on like an interesting piece and it's from a student like it's highly likely that it's from that school like there's just yeah. there's just no way around it um but yeah i had a i had a really good uh education there so I, I never had to do like mentorships or like you know, other stuff than that. But that's that's great. But if you're like if you're if you're living in the UK and you have to pay like what is it like 10k a year, like I would I would really seriously think about just yeah, just getting a mentorship. Like try try to get the basics right and do a mentorship. Yeah. Just all that stuff get do tutorials then like that's what I would do start out with tutorials then when you're confident in like the main basic stuff then start doing with like start with mentorships mm -hmm. and then do one on your own yeah i think i think there's more to it than that um so i think i think we need to write that down and make like a, the next podcast episode about it or something and just go really into the details of um because it's not it's not black and white right like there's there's people that need that really need that 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 strict the structure day-to-day -day structure yeah exactly yes that's true that's true some people respond better to that than to other things mm -hmm. there's some people that can't just sit at home and do mentorships yeah exactly so uh we should definitely talk about that on the on the next uh on the next episode because we yeah. we still need to do a uh, patreon question as well and we're already oh. running to an hour <laughs> all right yeah let's do, let's do a quick one yeah yeah so um this is an old school one i think this was the the first one that got asked by uh by people in the community and it's one uh, we haven't answered it yet uh no no because i i keep shuffling him uh shuffling this stuff randomly oh so right. uh this is this is a question from uh ova and he asked like how would you keep in contact with your other industry professionals throughout the months and years do you mm. want to go ahead um so i um i obviously haven't been in the industry for that long mm -hmm. uh two and a two and a half three years whatever and um so for me i've only worked at two bigger companies right uh i had i did like an internship before that but um and from from that first company i have 
I have a lot, a lot of friends uh, that uh, are either still at that company or they're all over the world. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely some that I that I never speak to anymore, even if they were friends, just because you know everyone has got their own stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of sad, you know. It it would be great to keep in touch with everyone, um, but yeah, everyone's got work everyone's got their own friends in the new place they've got other people all that stuff mm-hmm. um so it's really hard sometimes but, so, so um, what do you, what do you use for that like oh, uh, what i use mm-hmm. uh discord i guess okay yeah yeah. Uh, yeah discord or like whatsapp but usually i'd say discord mm-hmm. and then i have some people that are like really good friends uh that i would like maybe every couple of months I would have like you know like an hour or two long call with them on discord and just you know discuss what's going on yeah yeah, yeah. discuss how they're doing how uh you know whatever is going on in the world like covid or whatever <laughs> um and then you know just catch up and uh it was really nice because uh probably my my yeah i don't know my best friend or one of my best friends from uh from that i met in spain uh he he moved to prague and he was just uh in berlin for a day oh uh, yeah a couple of weeks ago and you know we uh we just met up we had we had some we had some food uh and we just you know had a beer and, and it was like ah it was so nice mm-hmm. um so i think it's if you have that you know if you have friends that are really close to you from from other companies then it's it's easy because it's you know it's natural that you want to like keep in touch just with any other friend that maybe moved away or stuff like that Mm -hmm. but then there's always unfortunately going to be people that you just never talk to again yeah or not or you know maybe in in a couple of years you'll talk to them again because maybe you'll work together with uh with them and another company or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be but um uh but yeah, unfortunately, it's 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 really hard to keep up with everyone, right? Yeah, I'm I'm personally really bad at that. Like, yeah, um, yeah I I barely I barely talk to people online. Like, uh, it's been it's been definitely going up with like the the whole community aspect of it. So that's that's where I try to like if if I talk to other people, it's usually through Discord because I like to I like to focus everything in that. Um, I still talk to some people on WhatsApp, but that's like those are not even um because this is specifically focused on other industry professionals like uh right um those are those are people outside of the industry that i've known for like 15 years or whatever but it's right it's, it's not like it's not like we do like a weekly update it's it's no. more like every couple of months or like maybe maybe every once a year it's like hey hey it's great to to hear from you again because a lot of the time it's something like oh i saw that your game was announced what's up dude yeah what's going on how yeah, do you feel yeah. exactly because that's an that's another thing that we noticed because when when we used to work together um this this guy was talking about you know we would just sit at lunch you know talk about our work what's going on what was annoying us this and that this mm-hmm. and that right but now we're sitting there with our beers and we were like so how's work going and he's like i uh, can't really talk about it and he's like, <laughs> how's your work going i uh, can't really talk about it yeah yeah <laughs> You know, it's like you can't talk about anything anymore. That's the thing, too. Yeah, because everything's under freaking. Yeah, NDA, that's so weird. So. Like, um, the I just gotta say, like in general, I'm so bad with just um, 
just talking online to people. So what I, what I usually did is um, because like I worked at Frontier Developments before in Cambridge, they have like a beer festival every year, mm-hmm. and it's in it's in May. So every year in May, we used to go to that beer festival. That's like a couple of days, and we would just go there every night and like um, talk to all the people that I worked with before and like all the friends. Nice. So. I mean, that's probably the best way to to get together. Just like face-to-face, like you said, like grab a beer together, talk about stuff. Um, obviously not yeah. games because everything's fucking NDA now, but... <laughs> yeah, if you have the opportunity to meet face-to-face, it's, it's so much better because you'll just, I don't know, a lot of the time, especially with people that aren't like, that weren't close friends, you know, like just like, you know, people that you really like, but now that you live apart, you don't have that much to do with them anymore. Yeah, yeah. It it can it can be very like yeah. I've had, just, I've had really you don't long... know what to talk about online. Yeah, yeah. I've had, I've had really long talks with people that I that I barely used to talk to at Frontier. Like it, it was right. more like it's it's all professional, right? Like it's like oh yeah, I need this. Like how can I do this? Blah blah. blah. But now, when when we go to the beer festival, it's like, oh, it's nice to see you again. Like, how are you doing? And then just just talking about like a whole bunch of random stuff. It's um, yeah, it's actually quite nice. Yeah. But yeah, man. Like, uh, I wonder, I wonder with this question specifically, is the differences between Europe and America? Because hmm. like the the whole. Uh, I would just say like the whole community aspect seems to be like a way bigger deal in America in general because like um, they they still talk about like networking and like in like the the job that you get is probably through like your network which it doesn't it doesn't really feel that way in Europe like it it hmm. can be that way but like yeah. I've I've never gotten like a a job through someone else so I don't know to me it doesn't doesn't feel like that it feels like different. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, there was one time when a friend asked me, but I was like, uh, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm kind of happy here, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it, I, I'd say it, it definitely happens, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's it might not be as uh, prominent maybe as in the US. That's yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, that's that's not a question that we can answer anyway. So maybe yeah, so. maybe at some point. <laughs> right. All right, cool. So that that was a that was a nice and quick question. So cool. yeah, perfect. Yeah, because uh, it's an hour and an hour and five. I think this is our longest episode yet. It's yeah, it's gotta be. I mean, it's an it's an important topic, right? Applications, stuff like that. I think a lot of people are. Uh, I think I think that's what a lot of people that are in these kinds of communities are interested in, right? Yeah, because that's yeah, what yeah. they're that's what they're, the the phase of life that they're in is. They're trying to get into the industry, and uh, mm-hmm. it can be. There is a lot of information on on it out there, but a lot of it can be very confusing. I would feel like, and I hope that we didn't make it confusing. We made it pretty. Uh, yeah, pretty, like uh, if we if we were to recap this, it's it's probably the biggest point is being honest with yourself. Yeah, and then just keep trying. Like even even if you look at an application and you see like like again like the two year barrier or like one ship title. Like if you have a good portfolio and you're really honest about that again, like just try it, just yeah. just give it a shot. Like you you might be surprised by the results of uh, of those things. True. All right, so that's gonna do it for uh, episode 15 of the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening, and uh, yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for coming on, Will. <laughs>
Thanks for having me again. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> See ya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you did, then you can check out the playlist on the right for more episodes. And don't forget to like, subscribe or share with friends. If you're an environment artist trying to break into the industry or just looking to grow your skills, you can find a ton more resources like weekly tips, blog posts and more on beyondextend.com. But that's going to do it from our side. Thanks so much for joining us and a shout out to all of our Patreon supporters who made this possible.